Will Komen. Welcome to the Dayton Liederkranz Turner podcast. We are the German club at Fifth and High Streets in St. Anne's Hill, Dayton, Ohio, and are Dayton's oldest German organization. Our purpose is to promote and preserve German culture and traditions in the Miami Valley. On this podcast, you will learn about the history of Dayton Liederkranz Turner and also the history of our sister German organizations, Eintracht and Edelweiss. We want to bring you stories from our members and volunteers and also share information about music, dance, language, genealogy, food, and games near and dear to our hearts. We hope you enjoy this podcast as we explore the culture and traditions of our ancestors who immigrated from Germany to the Dayton area. Episode 20. In this episode, we talk with Eric Herzl, who is with Schuplatler und Trachtenverein Bavaria from Cleveland, Ohio. The full interview with videos of their performances can be found on YouTube at dlt.volunteer, and a link to the YouTube video interview will be in the podcast description. I am Debbie Venise. I'm here with Eric Hetzel with the Schuplotler Group at SVT Bavaria from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Eric, will you go ahead and do a little introduction about yourself and then also please tell us some about Schuplotler history and your organization, please. Sure. Uh, my name is Eric Hetzel. With the uh, Schuplotler Group, uh, it's uh, STV Bavaria, Schuppatler und Trachtenverein, and the name is Bavaria. Um, I've uh, been a member um, most of my life. I'm 59, and I've been dancing since I uh, was about five or six years old, so a long time. Um, and uh, over the years, I've held various different uh, positions in the group. Um, about uh, 25 years of uh, being the actual floor plotter, which is the the uh, head dancer, the, the main guy in charge of the dance group. So that's what uh, Kyle is uh, currently. Um, I don't know, you spoke with Kyle. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so I, I basically taught Kyle everything he knows, I think. <laughs> I like to think so. Anyway, so um, something about uh, shoe plotting. So, um, there's a legend, and no one can ver really verify the, the origins of it, but way back in the Alps, um, in Bavaria and Osttirol, um, the, uh, the mountain men, like shepherds and woodchoppers and those kinds of folks, um, would go up in the mountains and spend time up there. And um, they observed this bird. It's a mating ritual of a bird called the Auerhahn, which is a uh, kind of a, a black grouse. I don't want to say a turkey, but it's about the size of a turkey, but it's, a, it's more like a grouse. And the mating rituals of this bird intrigued these guys, and they, uh, um, they would observe it, and the male bird would flap his wings and jump up and down on the ground and, and beat his chest with his wings and and while, while he's doing that, the female Auerhahn would aloofly twirl, spin around, and pretend to ignore him. And that's uh, 
so they would they they basically made fun of the bird. They would go back into town and back in the beer stubes and they would uh, make fun of this bird. And it ended up uh, becoming a dance. And there's, um, I have some, I wanted to get this out real quick. So uh, uh, a, man, a guy named John Cinema, who was a professor at Bowdoin Laws College, gave me some information back in 19, back in 89. He, he did some research on the shoe feller. And I wanted to, uh, um, and his research, um, and I don't have it right in front of me, but yeah, here it is. The first mention of this, of the Schuchler was, or the actual type of dance um, was back in the, a poem called Rudelieb. Um, yeah, Rudelieb. And uh, so anyways, there's, that's the first mention of Schuchler. And then, uh, so it was a court, a, a dance between a man and a woman. And, and it, it, that's what it developed into. Um, at first it was all guys just making fun of the bird in the bars and, and put it to music. And, and next thing you know, the, uh, it became a courtship type dance. Um, and then about, uh, around 1850 in Bavaria was the first um, organization of groups that would do these dances and they developed like actual dances. Um, and a lot of the dances that we do are, um, either there's three different types. There's a, a, a courtship dance, which is what the original one was. Um, then there's a, a regular shoe which is where the, the men are dancing. The girls are spinning around the circle. Um, and then there is an occupational style dance where, where we depict a, uh, or like a, like an, uh, a blacksmith that's called the umbosance or the anvil dance. So we do a dance, um, that depicts a, an occupation. Holtzucker is another popular one. We've seen that. Um, if you watched European vacation, there was a dance in there called, um, where they did a Wachenpeller or the, where men would slap each other. And, and kind of fight. That's the Bachenthaler. So those are types of dances that uh, is a Schuchler, essentially. Um, and like I said, back in the 1850s is when the first group started to be organized in Bavaria. Um, and how it happened to come to the States, um, obviously Bavarians that had this heritage would migrate or immigrate, immigrate to America. Um, and bring along that heritage, and that's how the group started here. Uh, in, in our group in Cleveland, um, there was a singing society called the Blaue Donau, or the Blue Danubes, and they um, were basically a, a singing, they just sang songs. And then in the late 1920s, actually, I'm sorry, 1923, the, uh, a group of Schuppelers, from Bavaria immigrated to Cleveland um, and joined the Blaue Donau and introduced the actual Schuppeler in Cleveland. So that's where it originated in Cleveland. And then our group kind of, STV Bavaria, kind of emerged from that organization. Um, it became back in the 60s, um, or actually during the war, World War II, um, a lot of the German groups in the United States were basically shut down or shunned. So a lot of that kind of uh, went away. 
for a while. And then um, after the war, a lot of immigrants came from Germany into the United States again. And a group from Germany came to Cleveland and um, there were a couple of folks that still remembered how to do the shoot butler from way back in the 20s and um, taught these new immigrants the shoot butler. And that's where our group learned what we need to do, what we do in shoot and dancing. And so um, around uh, in the mid 60s, the, the singing part of the group started to diminish and but the dancing part um, was going strong and um, the dancing group portion of the Blaue Donau wanted to separate themselves from the actual singing society and that's where they kind of created or not kind of they actually created the uh, Schuplatler group known as STV Bavaria Schuplatler and Trachtenverein the Schubaler is the dance, Trachten is, Tracht is the costume, Verein is club, and the name is Bavaria. And our actual name, Bavaria, is not from the state of Bavaria in Germany. It's, the, it's from the patron saint of Bavaria, so Bavaria. So that's our name is off of, off of the patron saint of Bavaria. So anyways... Um, so back in 66 is when they organized the the the, the dancing group Schubert und Tochten for Bavaria. And at that same time, an organization nationally was being organized called the Gauverbund North America. And um, a Gau is a type of association, it's German for like association or I guess that's the best translation for it. And the Galfverband is an association of Schubert groups in, their, in, in North America, United, United States and Canada. And at the time back then, there were probably about 45 groups. Um, and our, we needed to be separated. Our Cleveland group had needed to be a standalone organization in order to join that Galfverband. So that's why they kind of broke off as well from the Blaue Donau. So then... Uh, they, 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 uh, the Galfverband, um, the intention is, was and still is, is to unite all these German Schuppeltling groups, and Aust German and Austrian Schuppeltling groups around USA and Canada, and uh, kind of be the, 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 the central organization that brings all of them together. And currently there are around 80 groups between the two, between the US and Canada. Every two years, there is a Gao Fest or a festival where the groups come together. Um, then they have competition, dancing. Um, groups comp compete against each other. Um, and about uh, 10 or 12 years ago, they introduced uh, Einzel Plutling, which is a single couples competing against each other. So that that's a, a new, a relatively new type of competition for the Galfabat. Um, we do have still a connection with many of the Bavarian groups in Germany. Um, some groups are very active and um, with that connection between those, it's almost like a sister city, if you will. Um, so that's, that's very strong and active. Uh, 
let me see. So we had our, our group had our 50th anniversary in in 2016, and we had about uh, about 30 different dance groups from around the country come to Cleveland for that. Um, and uh, what else did we do? Oh yeah, the Cowfest competitions. Uh, so there's a competition every two years. Um, our group has been fortunate enough to win first place. And I was trying to count them all up. I hope I got them all. But uh, 1973 was the first time. And so 73, 75, 77, 79, four golf fests in a row. The 1979 competition was the first time that I was in it. Um, in 81, we took second place. 83, 85, 87, we uh, won first place again. Um, and then it was a, a long dry spell. A lot of our key dancers were having babies and not a, unable to dance. And um, our babies grew up. Um, and then in 2011, um, let's say 2009, we, the Gow Fest was in Toledo. We won second place. That was the first time we placed above probably something like fifth place in a long time. Um, and in 2013, we won first place again, and again in 2015. So, uh, very fortunate. I think, I'm not sure where we placed in 17. That's why I'm kind of not sure. I think there was, there was, there were 10 first place in a row. So, or not in a row, but out of all the golfers. I'm bragging a bit. But we, we, um, we're very fortunate. Um, some very good groups out there. We were fortunate enough to, to win. We also have had the opportunity to host the Gal Fest. The first time we hosted it was in 1983. Um, and then we hosted it a second time in 2013. And that was at the uh, Kalahari out in Sandusky. And then we are planning to host it again in 2023 at Kalahari. Of course, everything is kind of up in the air now with COVID, so we're not sure about anything. So hopefully it still works out. There is supposed to be a competition this year. However, that group has, uh, obviously because of COVID, we are not doing that. So they pushed their their competition in, um, to 2022. So uh, hopefully that works out for everybody and we're able to meet and have a good time and do the competition and all that stuff. So, um, do you have questions? Um, I, I would like you, if you had a moment, could you show us a basic, some of the basic moves and what the, the thought is behind, you know, how the moves are done? Sure. So let me, let me lay some groundwork here. So most of the music is in a three quarter beat or time. So it's, uh, it's, it's like a waltz, but the actual music is called a Lendler. Um, and then, so there are variations. Obviously, there's different times. Sometimes it's 2-4 or 4-4 four, four time, depending on the music. Um, but primarily, everything is in three-quarter time. The, um, the uh, Shoe Butler, the, the men's part, part um, obviously... Um, there's a different role, and the men and women do different things. Um, um, 
the, the, the men's, the foundation of the shoot is called a sex socialic or a six hit, six hits. So that means there's two, two hits for every one beat. So in a three quarter measure and three measure, and in one measure of three beats, there would be six slaps for the man. Okay. So I'm going to kind of show you the, if I can, I don't know if you guys can see me or not, but so it all starts, um, there's like a position, like I'm going to, so you can see, maybe I'll back up my, if I can back up the camera a bit. So still kind of goofy with this hat on, but, and not wearing my laser hosen, but essentially there, um, you start with the right hand on the right thigh. That's hit number one. So it's one, two, three, four, and then you hit your left foot with your right hand, the right sole. I mean, your left sole with the right hand, that's five, and then you finish it up with a six. And that's the first half, there's two halves. There's a first half, and then you switch. Um, basically, the first half is the, you're standing on your right foot with your left leg in the air. So it's kind of like tricky, there's balance involved. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then you switch. Now you're standing on your left foot, and you're hitting one, two, three, four, and now you're going to hit the right foot in the back, five, and then finish it up with a six. And that basically is the foundation of it. So everything starts off. When we're teaching uh, new people to dance, It's that's the foundation of it. Um, and every new person is counting in their head, one, two, three, four, five, six, and, and then... And then what we try to get them to do is to be able to do the front, the first and second half together. And then basically it continues, it's a continuous thing. So, uh, and we want them to do this without even thinking about it. So they can just do it where they're just going one, two, three, four. That's the basic of it. Now there's going to be variations. There's a, sometimes there's a double hit um, or syncopation hits. Um, um, so that's the basic sexual slog. And then there's a, a four hit one that's more of a, in the, in the four, four, two, four beat. It's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, two, three, four. So it's a lot. It's just, it's eliminating some of the hits, but it's all part of that. Um, and then we have, and these all have different Bavarian type dialect names, a Sexerschlag, a, a Fjotelschlag, um, that's the four hit. Then you have a, uh, a Knieschlag, which is bringing up your leg like that, that's a Knieschlag. They have a Kreuzschlag, which is a cross hit. This is when you're going back like this. That's a Kreuzschlag or a cross hit. A Hochsprung is a high jump. That's, um, you saw that in the video. There's um, basically, there's, you hit and then you jump up and you touch, man will jump up and touch the right leg and then kneel down and hit the floor. And that's all done in six hits. So it's, that's actually two measures. One, two, three, four, five, six. So that's where it slows down a bit. Now the girls part, it's a lot trickier for actually it's it's 
most of the time the, in the, for, the, for the female, for the woman, um, they are twirling around the circle. So they're doing a lot of work, actually. They're, number one, spinning around their own axis, but then also traveling around a circle. And um, takes it takes obviously a lot of time for the for to get used to that motion. Know where you are as you're going around the circle, so you're not running into people. Um, trying to stay in line with the person in front of you, um, and so it's 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 definitely a skill for the female as well to to master. Um, in a competition, for example. There's typically four couples or six couples. Um, once in a while, there's five, but it's usually four or six. Um, and in the competition, the groups are being judged by, um, let's say if there's four couples, how spaced the men are, how, how well, how the females travel around the circle, um, the waltzing or the Lendler portion. Um, so it's all being judged by these judges and the timing of the men's hits um the girls stepping of their feet has to be on sync the formation of the bell of their of their of their their tacht you know how their their skirt how how nicely it forms if it's if it's if it's wobbling or if it's dipping you know those they're all looking for that so they're looking for almost perfection here so a lot of the groups are striving for that and that's what we try to do too. So if there's many elements that are put into the competition, four couples, six couples is a, just the more people out there, more potential for mistakes. Uh, a lot of groups are going with four couples in the competition. Um, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah, the outfit, the talk itself. So we have obviously the men are wearing are wearing lederhosen. Those are usually made out of some type of like a deer skin. Um, um, then there is the suspenders, and then they have a crest across the chest that typically has different designs. Some are some are basic. I didn't bring mine down here, um, but um, then there's usually a vest. If you look at if you can, if you if you noticed in the other video, there were a couple of people that had a vest on with many medals. Um, those were the competition medals that were won during these uh, competitions. Um, then they and, and some groups, the men wear full socks out over the calf. Um, in our group, we have uh, a short sock and then a a portion of around the calf called called a Stutzen. Um, and there's a story behind that too. We're not sure how accurate that is, but um, back in the back in the back in the mountains, the, when they would wear full socks and walk around, um, they noticed that the heels of the sock would wear out, but the rest of the sock was still good. So they thought being practical, hey, why don't we, you know, we need the, the portion around the calf to, to keep our calves warm when it's cold outside. But when the sock is bad, why don't we just save that part and replace the, uh, the sock part? 
So that's what we thought that it makes sense. We don't know if it's accurate or not, but we like to tell that story. I'm sure I want to talk to you, both you and or Kyle again at some point, because I, the more information we share, I think is better. Sure. And it took a while for Jeanette, um, our former, one of our former uh, Volkstanzer instructors to find a shoe plotler group that she, um, that was going to be able to help us tonight to do this, to do the lesson as part of our virtual foshing. Oh, cool. And then, and then to find out that you folks were up in Cleveland and she's actually seen you perform because she was the original Madame Gigi's. With, oh, okay. uh, Gigi's outrageous French can can dancers. Okay. Yeah, she, I she, think she, I remember you guys, you're up in the Oktoberfest. You came up to the Oktoberfest in Cleveland. Mad yeah, the yeah. Madame Gigi's been up there several times. Yeah, okay. I remember. That's yeah. cool. Not myself. I'm not one of the, I'm one of the Volksdancers, but okay. I'm friends with a lot of the- Madame Gigi, I remember her name. Yes. Well, thank you, Eric, very much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to talk to us today and to show us some of the, the basic moves of the shoe plotler and to tell us about the history and all of it, because that's, again, the more we share, the better it is. I, so, I, was, I, I was very pleased to be able to do this tonight. It was good. But for me to kind of, you know, we've been kind of locked up as that Brayland Health has been for almost a year now. And um, um, this is probably, this is for sure, in my lifetime, the longest stretch since I started where I have not danced shoe color. So we have not been practicing, we've not been performing, obviously. So it was kind of good for me to talk about it in, in, Hopefully I was decent at it. I'm not really that great at it. I hope I was able to convey the, the, the nuances of the dance, the history of it, our group. I think I covered just about everything that the major points and, uh, and it was, it was good for me. Thank you for having me. Good. Thank you. It's it. I mean, our Volkstanzer group, we haven't danced since March either. So it's been, we started, we're starting to do Monday via Zoom on Mondays, but it's, it's difficult because all of our dances are partner dances. Yeah, yeah, ours too. You know, we have our rehearsals on Friday night, every Friday. Um, we, we take a break usually in the summer for a couple of weeks, but it's pretty much every Friday. Um, and it's, we're like family with each other, right? It's like, you know, and it's a family thing. I mean, all, I have three kids they're all grown up now but they were in these videos they all three were dancing um they all are still active in it um my son recently relocated to seattle so hopefully he still keeps up with it but there is a group out there um so hopefully he's uh able to do it he was the, actually um in the first video the the person playing the bells in the middle of the circle that was my son adam so uh and uh, you grew up in this stuff, you know, and, and same, all three of my kids did. You know, we just brought them along and they learned how to do it. That's how I started. You know, I, my mom came from, um, grew up near Munich and plays an instrument called a zither. And she immigrated with her parents to Cleveland back in uh, probably the, 
mid fifties, 56 around there, 1956 ish. Um, and she went to West tech high school here in, in up in Cleveland. I live in uh, Medina County. Um, and, um, and heard about this dance group that blah, we don't know and took her zither along and where they, they, she just, and then when I was born, you know, they brought, she brought me in, um, my brothers, um, they don't perform as much. They didn't get into it as much as I did, but I pretty much, uh, stuck with it, met my wife through the group and our children. So I will, you know, that's a common story in our group. We have, um, I kind of, um, you know, when, when children are in their teenage years and they have things to do with school, like sports and other high school related things, um, it's very easy for the soccer games, things like that, football games, it's, you know, our practices are on Friday nights. It's tough to compete against the high school football game, even if you're in high school. Anyways, you know, we, 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 we kept it going. You know, I played high school football, so I, I missed a few Fridays um, for a season of, you know, of where I danced when I could, but I still had games to, to play on Friday. So, um, but a lot of times it's something that, you know, we're embarrassed to do, um, to be seen, especially when you're in that age where you're in your teenage years and you're, it's not cool kind of thing, but it's something that, you know, I look at other parents that are not involved with this and they, their kids are in soccer or baseball or whatever sport and then it's over. And then they never really got to play soccer at a level or baseball at a level or football with their, actually with their children. I got to dance, grew up with my kids. We danced together. We were in competition teams together. It's a very unique thing. And um, other, other ethnic groups are probably very similar, but it's, that's the main thing I think that sets us apart from all ethnic groups. No, are the same, but sets us apart from activities where parents and children are not doing the same thing together. You know, you're supporting, if you're doing sports and you're, you're supporting your child as best you can, but you're not actually, you're not actually out there on the field or on the court playing alongside your, your, your children. You know, you're, you're, you're watching and encouraging, but hearing this kind of a thing, you're not only watching and encouraging, but you're participating with them. And that's cool. I definitely agree. I so again, yeah, the multi-generational dances and passing it down to the next generation yeah. is, is what it's all about. Yeah, we, if you saw the last video you played, we had, we had every generation out there. Right, yeah. and they were all we're all dancing together at our, whatever level we were at. But you know, it's something that is unique to uh, at least our group. A lot of groups are like that, but it's it's uh, an unusual thing in the United States to have something like that. Yep. Well, again, I appreciate appreciate you so much uh, allowing me to talk to you today and to everybody out there. Thank you, and I hope you have a great night. Thank you so much. And you have a great night, too. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye.
We hoped you enjoyed listening to this podcast. To learn more about our German club, visit our website at DaytonGermanClub.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Dayton Liederkranz Turner German Club, German Fest Picnic in Dayton, or Dayton Liederkranz Volkstanzer. On Instagram, we are Dayton Liederkranz. On Twitter, German Fest 32 or on YouTube at dlt.volunteer. Auf Wiedersehen.